Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the Pace and Space podcast, the unofficial official podcast of Kyle Kuzma. I am your host, Calvin, and with me as always is my co-host, Leif. Welcome back. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. You know, I kind of felt bad, didn't have a, didn't get a chance to hang out with you last week, so I'm glad I can be back this week. Yeah, you missed the Atlantic Division party, man. Oh, oh, heard it. Y'all did a good job. I mean, y'all did go in on the sixes a little too hard, but <laughs> it's okay. I'm not. I'm not too mad. You know, you had to do what you had to do. Yeah, I, I, I took the opportunity of your absence to go pretty hard there, but uh, it was all in good. It was all in good fun. It was all in good fun. Um, yes. So, you know now. We had a couple of games. We had a couple of games this week. Real NBA basketball is happening. And, I mean, unfortunately, some crazy things already happened, too. I mean, opening night, first game, that brutal, brutal, brutal Gordon Hayward injury happens five minutes in. That was that was just like a deflating moment, right, Leif? I mean... Talk about your season just turning upside down within five minutes. That yeah. was horrible. Yeah. It was It was just amazing to see. It, it, it just kind of shook me, you know. And I don't do good with seeing injuries like that, so that didn't help me out either. But um, And you could tell that the Celtics were rattled from that, the way the, the Cavs jumped out the the first few quarters after that but uh all in all it was a it was a hard-fought game and the Celtics showed that they're, they're still able to compete and they're gonna have to I mean they still got a lot of talent on that team and they're just gonna have to push forward uh another injury happened right away first game um Jeremy Lin out for the season ruptured patella that he knew it too. As soon as he, as soon as he hit the deck, he he knew he he was done, and that was just sad to see. You know, as a guy who likes Jeremy Lin uh, as a player, I I was all about Lin sanity. Uh, it's just so sad to see this happen to him. Uh, he's shown some flashes with the Nets, but he just can't stay on the court, and and that's rough. Yeah, I, I mean, and I mean, this year he came in. I mean, he was saying the right things. It just seemed like, man, this was a year he was going to do all right. He was going to have a good year. And, I mean, this injuries. I mean, you never wish injury on anybody. And, like you said, we like Lynn. You know, he he's a decent player. You know, he went through the whole insanity phase, and he came in, and he plays a good role. And definitely the Nets are going to miss him. Yeah, they definitely are. Um I reached out to Martin. I know he was devastated, but, you know, he's taking solace and that D'Angelo Russell looks like he's going to fill it up every night for him. So so that's good. That's good. Yeah, he has no one in his way. He might as well. Yeah. But, you know, I want to talk about a couple other early takeaways. Um, like, for instance, Giannis is already in MVP form after that performance he put up against the Celtics the, last night. He was just – he did it all. And he looked amazing doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, oh, you wanted to introduce a new uh, a new segment to the show, right, Life? Why don't you tell oh, us yeah. about it? All right, so it's the Pace and Space original, the dudes and duds of the week. Mm. And basically, you want to look each week and start talking about who are the dudes, the players who pretty much had a good week. And then the duds. Mm. <laughs> and I think that's pretty self-explanatory. So, yeah, we want to add that segment to our weekly pod. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm with it. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and I know it's a little early on, but did you did you have any any winners for these awards? Oh, yeah. I, I, I had a look around. It was kind of... The the duds was was easy. The dud of the week it's a it's co duds. The co duds of the week are Portis and Meritage. 
easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Very, very easy. First of all, why are y'all fighting like this? But then, I mean, if you're Portis, you should have gotten a call so far from UFC because, <laughs> I mean, you just you hit a guy one time with one punch, and my man got a concussion, and they can't even fix his facial fractures until he passes the concussion protocol. So right Yikes. now, he has a broken face and a rattled mind. Wow. Talk about a punch that keeps on giving over and over and over again. So, I mean, that that's rough. But, yeah, they both have to get done to the week. That's easy. Yeah, that, that was... They somehow found a way to make the bull season even worse before it even started. So... <laughs> The clown show. Yeah, that was bad. But you know what? More minutes for Larry Markkinen. So if you're a Bulls fan, you can take solace that you get to see more playing time for your the your number one rookie. All right. So there's not much else. There's only a couple games that went on, a couple days that went on so far. We got a couple games tonight. It's Thursday night. We're in the middle of uh, mellow. And OKC going up against his old team, the New York Knicks. And, you know, the Knicks are looking pretty good early on. They, they're they hitting some shots. Tim Hardaway Jr., Przingis, look like they're going to be a, a little bit of a one-two punch there. And we'll see what happens. And then got my Lakers going up against the Clippers in the, in the, in the second game. But it's only couple days in we still got a lot of NBA season to go and so before we go any further we went through all of our NBA team previews we did every division but we didn't do our predictions we didn't do our award predictions so we're going to take this time while we're still very early in the season to give you guys our award predictions uh, for the NBA season isn't that right Leif that's right I mean we, we did it last year and um, we got, we got, I think we got some right. We got Westbrook right, kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of, yeah. But I, I feel, I, I feel pretty confident in my choices this year, though. Okay, this is good. I, you know, I should have listened back to that one to see what we picked last year. Nick, I gotta make a note to do that for next time we, for next season. And all right, so we're gonna do this. We're gonna, we're gonna start from top to bottom. We're going to go straight into the MVP. Who is your choice for MVP? All right, my choice for MVP, I think... I, I'm going to go on a stretch here. I think it's going to be Giannis. Oh, man. I, I think what you saw in that performance last night is going to set the stage of what we're going to see all season. And... While some people might come up with numbers, he's going to have numbers, and he's also going to do a flash. And that size, if he can stay healthy, we know Milwaukee is going to be in the top four in the Eastern Conference. And now with the injury with Hayward to the Celtics, we know that they're struggling. They start off 0-2. Oh, man, he phenomenal. I think I would not be surprised if he is the MVP, he's definitely going to be in the in the running. But yeah. I can see him winning it. So so let's do this. Uh, let's switch it up a little bit because I think we're going to have because it seems like we're going to have the same choice for MVP. Let's let's each give our our top three for MVP. All right, you start first since it's your idea. Right. So I also am very high on Giannis as an MVP candidate. I think I said that in our. Central Division preview uh, a couple weeks ago. So he's one of my choices. John Wall is another one. I think he's going to be an MVP candidate this year. Um, I, I just think, you know, if, if Washington is going to do what they need to do, he's going to hit another level. And I think it's, it's about time that he does. He's been, he's, been, he's been building. I think he's been building to this moment. So I think he's going to have an MVP-like season. 
and my last one is and this is not it's kind of cheating because I'm going off what has happened this week but my third choice is going to be Kyrie Irving wow explain that one well I still think this Boston team can be top two in the East, even after the Hayward injury. Right? So, new team is clearly his team now. And with the injury, they're going to be in a position where they're going to need him to do even more. And this is a guy, if you keep giving the ball, if you keep giving him the ball, he can do special things with it. You know, his defense is subpar. I don't know how he's going to be as a facilitator, but there's one thing I know is if you need 50 points from this dude, you will get 50 points from this dude. And look at the season Isaiah Thomas had with this with this Celtics team last year. He can do he can have a very reminiscent season to what Isaiah Thomas did last year. And and Isaiah Thomas got a little bit of MVP buzz. The only reason he didn't get more MVP buzz was just cuz of how historic guys like Westbrook and Harden were playing. Right. But now you add in Westbrook has help this year. He has way more help this year. James Harden, he has way more help this year. They're not going to have to put up, theoretically, the insane numbers they were putting up last year. And it's not going to be, they're not going to, the teams aren't going to be as reliant on them as they were last year. But then when you look at Kyrie, all of a sudden he's on a, he's on a contender that's even more reliant on him now. So, and this is assuming he performs in the moment now that the, now that he's been given it given that chance right but i'm saying if he does which i i, I believe he should then I, that to me i can see him get i can see him being like i'm not saying he has a chance to win it but he might finish like third or fourth in the voting yeah i think that's pretty good i mean he's he wouldn't be my top 3 probably not my top 5 mm-hmm. but you know it's a fair so let me give you mine. Yeah, go ahead. Hit me with it. All right. All right. So my number two, I know it's boring. It's not taking a chance. It's cliche. But I'm going to go with LeBron. And the reason why is not because everyone else is saying that. Um, I'm going to say it just because um, now a lot more of the facilitating is going to fall on him. And from what we saw already through one game, it kind of already gave me an idea of what I'm going to see all season. And it's him really getting his team involved, um, really feeding love, him dominating. And I just see that he's just going to have a across-the-board high-level season that, again, it might not be flashy, you know, may not be Giannis level, may not be Westbrook last year, maybe even Harden. But I think it's going to be good enough that when people put all the numbers on paper and really think about it, that he's going to definitely be top three when it comes to the MVP voting. Yeah, yeah. So that's one. Who's the other two? No, no that's my That's my. My second, because Giannis is the number one. Okay, Giannis and LeBron. All right. All right. So my number three. This is going to be an interesting one. I want you to to work with me here. All right. I'm I'm strapping in. I'm strapping in. I'm ready for it. Not that crazy. It's not that crazy. It's almost almost logical. Okay. I'm going to say Harden. James Harden. Okay. That's Yeah, that's not too crazy. I mean, if you think about it, he's had two really good years out of maybe the past three years. The one year, good year, they knew Curry, who was having. <laughs> Last year, Harden had another amazing year, but then it went to someone who had an insane year. Right. I see. Curry. I think. Curry, then Westbrook, he just kind of just got unfortunate in two of his best seasons ever. Right. He he went out there. He did everything Dan Tony told him to do. He he was a facilitator. I mean, he did everything except play defense. And, <laughs> and he still got nothing out of it. So I think thinking top three, I don't expect him to fall off. I know you have Chris Paul there. Chris Paul... Um, the way I think about it, I mean, Chris Paul, 
I would be surprised if he plays 70 games this year. So there's still going to be chances for him to really show off and do his thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Harden, part of my top three for this year. I like it. I like it. So you got Giannis, LeBron, and Harden. And I have Giannis, Wall, and, and Irving. So we both we both got Giannis as our as our favorite for MVP this year. We might be a little premature on that, but um, let's just stick with it. Let's just go with our let's stick to our guns and let's let's go with it. We we are Greek freak positive on this podcast. I think you know we've we've established that brand from early on. We've both been talking about him and how great he is for a while now. So. Just roll with it. We think he's going to be MVP this year. Yeah, part of it, too, is like we just like him. Yeah. We like the dude. So Fun to watch. It's kind of hard. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of hard not to root for him. So mm-hmm. and, and it's not like he's throwing us spectacular dunks and doesn't have the numbers to prove to go behind it. He has it. It's a total package. Yeah, I mean, they're numbers, too, but it's, it's he's one of those players where the impact is really there. Like, He's truly dominating the game when he's got it all clicking. Right. So you can't be mad at it. You can't hate it. So you might as well go with it. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to switch it up a little bit. Now we're going to go to Defensive Player of the Year. And uh, why don't you start it off? Why don't you start us off with it? Who Who is your choice for Defensive Player of the Year? All right. So... I this one wasn't too hard actually, believe it or not. I'm gonna go with Rudy Gobert. Ooh, Rudy Gobert. Um, yeah, that's a solid pick. Yeah, I think um for one, he showed last year that he can stay healthy for the season. He said he was healthier. And I think he, this year he's gonna stay healthy and if he does that, he's going to you know, definitely be up there when it comes to rebounds, blocks. He's going to make an impact on the defensive end. And last year, you know, he did great. He was up there. So I think the same thing is going to happen this year. So I'm going to say Rudy Gobert. I like that pick. Uh, I like it a lot, actually. Um I'm not, I won't go Gobert since you went Gobert. And I... I Everyone's saying Draymond, so I'm not going to say Draymond. I'm going to go a little off the beaten trail here, and I, I'm going to pick Hassan Whiteside. Ooh. I'm going to pick Hassan Whiteside. I mean, the East is there for him to dominate, and I know the rap on him has been he's just a guy that hunts for blocks, but he's he's been slowly maturing as a better defensive player last couple of years especially last year he he grew he grew a bit more as a defensive player and Miami needs him and he's like he's like the guy on Miami right now and if he keeps putting up these numbers where he's getting like 2020s and getting like four or five blocks in the game you know he's gonna have one of those Dwight Howard like seasons when he got defensive player of the year and I know numbers aren't necessarily should be what considered for defensive player of the year, but if he's having that strong of an impact in the paint and he's just putting up those monster lines, I, I think he might end up getting the votes. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets those votes. I wouldn't. Yeah. So, and and it, and it is the Eastern Conference, so it's kind of like a, it's almost unfair a little bit. Uh, I guess like, well, you know, well, him and him and Embiid, I guess, are are the the two guys fighting for best center in the East right now, right? Right. Am I am I leaving and anybody if, out? Um, Eastern Conference. I mean, you want to count Kevin Love? Uh, I wouldn't say he's. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't say he's fighting with them in terms of defensive prowess I or anything know, like that. I know. I know. I just had to put that out there. Um, center wise, I don't. I don't see anyone else. In the in the Eastern Conference, yeah. All right. Well, I'm trying to think if I'm missing. I'm trying to think if I'm missing anybody, but yeah, it it'll come to us later. 
if uh, you know anyone listening, if you think we 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 uh, slighted anybody, please let us know. Um, so let's go on. Let's move forward now. Um, six man, six man of the year. Who do you have as your six man of the year choice? Oh man, this is a good one. So uh, it's kind of tough, right? It's kind of tough because six man of the year usually kind of plays itself out during the season. Right, right. That six man usually jumps out then. Um, and I think it's gonna have to come from a playoff team. Yeah, almost always comes from a playoff team, definitely. All right. So, with all that said and all that considered, I think for my six man seat, I did I what. Let me go back a little bit because I was thinking, you know what? I want to say Lance Stevenson. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know, why, know why, why. I mean, but they're not going to be a playoff team. They're really, really not. Yeah. But everything is there for him. Like he. He can do it. Like, there's no reason why. So you know what? I'm gonna stick with it. I'm not gonna. I mean, yeah, I could have the Eric Gordons or the Lou Williams. Those are the 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 popular choices. But you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna say, as much as it sounds crazy, as much as people might say, well, what are you thinking? I'm gonna say Lance Stevenson, six million a year. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um. I'm going to go with Greg Monroe. Go go Greg Monroe. Cuz I believe he is coming off the bench for for the Bucks. He's going to be basically like their offense, their whole like offense in that second unit. And he's done pretty well for them at times. He's shown like flashes where he can put up a quick 12, 14 points getting those uh getting those post those quick post-ups and things like that. So I'm going to go with him. I thought about a couple guys. I thought about Lou Williams, but Clippers might not make the playoffs. I don't know. And Eric Gordon, I I don't think he's going to have the same year he had last year, to be honest. Just not really, like, banking on that. I was... I was going to say Derrick Rose, but Derrick Rose is going to end up starting so many games this year because IT is going to be out with injury. So that that left me with that left me with Greg Monroe. So here's my thing with Greg Monroe. I think right now he is actually he's a while, while he yeah, he's a six man right now. If any team expressed interest in him, he's gone. And then he's a starter. He's a starter. Yeah. And yeah, that's so, true. And so I felt like he will be the six man and then at the trade deadline, he's going to be the starting center for a team. Mm-hmm. I, so, yeah, I can see that. I can see so that, I think too. That's the, I think that's the problem that I have with picking Greg Monroe. Which is fair. Which is fair. Um, but assuming he doesn't get traded, that's my guy. Gotcha. So, let's see. That one, was a little, that one was kind of a tough one to peg. Yeah, it's, it's tough. So uh, let's go... Let's go into most improved player. This is one of those, so I think it's going to be kind of tough. I, I don't think it's that tough, actually. Okay, so who you got as most improved player then? Brandon Ingram. Oh, you know, I like that. I like that. A man after my own heart. I'm surprised you did not think of him. I did think of him, but he was like one of like, like five possibles in my head, you know? And I wasn't like strongly leaning towards one over the other at this yeah, point in time. Yeah, I have him and the and a person, other person who I think is going to be a close second, if not can take over that first spot, is Jalen Brown. That's a good pick. I mean, you are kind of cheating a bit with the first two games, but I know. But I know. It's, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. <laughs> he he's sh- he's a uh, he's showing a lot more already th- so far this season. So that's what I'm going with. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out there real quick. My vote for most improved player is gonna be Victor Oladipo. 
I like that pick. Yeah, I like it a lot. That's a good pick. I didn't even think about that one. That's a good one. Yeah, Indiana just dying for someone to do anything in terms of playmaking and taking the lead on that team. I mean, he's a good character guy. He's a good makeup guy, and he's on a team now in Indiana. Indiana basketball, they they value that very much. Um, and it's between him and Miles Turner who's gonna who's gonna really take this team by the horns and and, and be the guy. And he's gonna have a lot more opportunity than he had last year in Oklahoma that he probably had the whole time in Orlando. They they gave up on him pretty quick in Orlando. So I think this is going to be the first chance where he's going to be treated like we want you to be the guy, especially since he got traded for Paul George. So and I think he, I think that's a chance to be the guy. Yeah, so. I think that's an oppor- I think that's opportunity there for him because they're going to want him to do as much as possible to justify this trade. So I think the opportunity is going to be there and I and I I kind of still believe in him. I think he he does have the talent to to make it work. Yeah, uh, he has a talent. It's just the motivation. I think he will be motivated. He has no one in his way. There's no competition. There's no one breathing down his neck. It's just him. Just go and do your thing. You know, you're not worrying about Collinson. You're not worrying about Stevenson. You're not worrying about anyone else. So if you just go out there and play your game, you're good. Right, right. So that's my pick. So I I wasn't sure if I was going to have a name, and then it jumped out at me, so... I'm glad That's kind of how it happened. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad I got with that, and I, and I like your Brandon Ingram pick. I like your Brandon. He he showed he showed up pretty he showed pretty well in the last few games in preseason. We'll see if it well we'll see tonight if he's uh able to transition that into the regular season. Um, so let's go into rookie of the year. I'm gonna defer to you first with this one, Kyle Cause... Kuzma. No, let me stop. <laughs> let me stop. The Pace and Space podcast, sponsored by Kyle Kuzma. Uh, my my heart says Kyle Kuzma, but my head. What does my What does my head say? You know what? I'm gonna just be a homer, Lonzo Ball. I know you're gonna be a homer. That's why I wanted you to go first, man. Lonzo just Ball. say it. Lonzo yeah. Ball. <laughs> now, now you go ahead and be a homer and say your pick. Ah, uh, oh, oh, that's insulting. <laughs> it, I, I feel hurt. Oh, do you? Do you really? Yeah. So who's your pick? All right. All right. So my my pick is actually not a sixer. Oh, okay. So I I do I do need to I do need to take that back. Then I do need to take that back. I think. I'm feeling pretty pretty comfortable in Dennis Smith. I don't know about anyone else. Ooh, you don't know about anyone else? Like Dennis Smith's a lock to you? No, I mean I mean I don't know if anyone else agrees with me there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Now now look, 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 I'm gonna be honest. I'm I I definitely feel Ben Simmons. I Ben Simmons, you know, I think I almost feel like I need to do a top three with this one. Because I mean, right now, that's how they do it, right? Okay, they let's do, do the it. Top three. Yeah, let's do yeah. top three. Let's do top three. Keep going. All right, so back. All right, so so I'm gonna say Dennis Smith. I'm gonna say um, Ben Simmons. That that to me is an easy one. And uh, my third one. Uh, I don't want to say Lonzo. I don't want to say Lonzo, but I'm gonna say Lonzo. I'm going to say it. So, Dennis Smith, Simmons, and Lonzo. That's your top three. Okay. So, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Lonzo. I'm going to say Simmons. And my third is going to be Tatum. Tatum. That's a good choice. See, last week I was talking about Tatum, and I'm like, they're going to bring him along slow. And then, bam, game one, he has a 14-10 double-double. I mean, maybe he doesn't get all those minutes if Hayward doesn't get hurt. But Hayward got hurt now, so he's going to get the minutes. So, And if he's, if he's going to play like that right away and not, and not be like the way Jalen Brown was 
when he first started out last year, he's going to get numbers. And he's going to get numbers on a team that's fighting for home, home court advantage in the East. Lonzo and Ben Simmons aren't going to be able to say that. So, No, no, they're not going to be able to say that. But now do you feel, I mean, rookie of the year, it doesn't matter if they're like a winning team or anything like that. No, but I think I don't know, I've always felt like it should. Like if the if the guy's getting good numbers on a playoff team, he's like a key contributor for a team making the playoffs. I think that sh- that should matter. True. Like I, you know, I'm not talking about like the guys like the ninth man on on the roster on the playoff team, but if he's if he's doing like let's say he's averaging like twelve and six. And Boston is able to still be like in the top seed running, even though they don't have Hayward because of how Tatum's playing. That to me is like what Rookie of the Year should be about. Right. So, but yeah, so that's my that's my top three. Yeah, that's it's, it's cool. I just feel with Dennis Smith, he, he he's in a he's in a good position. And hopefully right. they don't put anyone there to mess them up and try to, you know, do a timeshare. Just just let them play. Let them get the ball. He dropped. He dropped. Anyway, I mean, mm-hmm. the Knicks should have had the Knicks should have had him, right? I mean, the Knicks could have had him. They could have had Malik Monk. Yeah. Yeah. These, these are t- yeah, and they went after. I'm not Frank. Yeah, Frank Tilakina. But he and might right be now, good. He, he might is. be good too. Well, you you they picked him to be part of a system that's no longer there. Mm. Well, they kind of backtracked that after the Of course, you, that. of course you have to backtrack it. Of course you have to clean up everything. All right. You know, that's what having your your staff, your press staff, they go there and they help you clean up stuff. So all those guys did was clean up what we already knew. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Phil knows, knew more than everyone else and said, let's go get Frank. And they got him. And then he's out the door. And now the Nets get left holding the bag. Meanwhile, players picked after them. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're talking the Dennis Smith, the Monks. I mean, we even talking Kuzma. You know, all the guys. I know, I know. Who could have been on that team? You know, and so, and now the Knicks are looking at Ennis Cantor, Przingis. <sighs> Just bad. Yeah. Hardaway. This is kind of off off topic. Um, well, actually, we'll save it for the end after we do all our awards. So, I think this is the last award that we haven't done yet. Coach of the year. Uh, Tibbs. Really, Tibbs. Yeah, if you make this team a playoff team. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, granted, if he doesn't play them and run them to the ground and. His players don't are in the top ten in minutes played. Um, I think they could be a very impressive bunch. Who you got? Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan, after OKC finishes with the number two seed in the West, slightly behind the Warriors, second best record in the league. It's gonna be Billy Donovan. You know what? Let's step back for a second and talk about this. Can the coach of the year really come from a team that's stacked? It always does. Well, not always. And I think not that's kind of unfair. I think there has to be some other criteria that you look at. Yeah, it's easy to look at mm. wins, but but if you have three of the five starters in the Western Conference on your team, I mean, granted, you know, Steve Kerr, I mean, you you win, you win 73 games, yes, I, I get it. And, and Pop, I mean, Pop's a great coach, but Pop has also had, like, 
several first ballot Hall of Famers on his team during this whole like Spurs dynasty run. So it's not for the guys who take a team with low expectations and make them. You know what? Scratch what I said about Tibbs. Scratch it. Okay. I'm going to say this. I'm going to change it. I'm going to scrap it. I'm going to start fresh. The coach of the year should be Brett Brown. <laughs> if he can get that team to the playoffs, and first of all, he has to be coaching it. He has to be for him to have patiently waited, somehow keep his job all these years while that team tanked and get to the point now. I mean, right now when you think about it, he's he's on a one year contract. Like if this team doesn't perform this year, he's gone. It don't matter what anyone has to say, he's gone. So, to me, <laughs> if he gets this team to the playoffs and he gets a rookie out of the year out of it and he gets Joel and B performing well and somehow manages those minutes, and come on. I, I'm going to put it out there. I'm sorry, Tibbs. I'm going to make you number two. Number one, Brett Brown. Brett Brown. Mark my word. I like it. I like it. I mean – I like when you shoot from the hip like that. You got to. It's good. You you know, you got to. You can't can't give coach of the year to a team that benefits from good moves by the front office. Well, I'm going to counter that point. I'm going to counter that point real quick. Because I think there's two types of great coaches. I think there's a great coach, like everyone, you know, gushes about Brad Stevens and how he's a great X's and O's coach, great tactician all that and you know he's great at you know getting the most out of his teams and I think that is and I think all of that is true and very astute points but I think there's also another type of coach the type of coach that they, you know that term they use man manager they use it in other sports but I think it applies here too because I think there's some coaches where it's a it's an impressive feat when they get all of these superstars to buy in, to play together, to diffuse tensions as they arise and get every and get them to all sacrifice whatever they have to sacrifice in order to get the team to win. All right. Fine. Let me counter that. Because when you saw that's when a you skill. Saw, that is a skill. It, it, it's a skill. But when you saw these guys playing in the offseason, their pickup games, and you saw all these big names playing on the same team with one another, was there a coach on the sideline saying, "Please manage your egos"? No, but they were also playing pickup basketball. They were they weren't doing an eighty-two game grind, road trips back-to-backs with the same 12 guys every night after, and, you know, having to pass the ball to the dude that missed the game-winning shot the night before or the guy who they felt like shook him off two times last week when they lost the game that they he feels that they should have won. See, that's the difference, and that's the, that is where coaches like these earn their money. Okay, fair. I, I get the point, but the, the, we're talking about teams that and with star players who openly recruited other players on the team. And I know I'm not gonna say openly. I mean, to me, say let me change that. They recruited other players on their team. They were like, you know what, this is a good place to play. So by them already reaching out to these players, they already have acknowledged. Okay, look, we're gonna have to, you know, chill a little bit and yeah. Well, and, and, and fall back. So, are we saying that Ty, Tyron Lue is a horrible coach? Well, I'm because not he wasn't a, able to manage the egos of Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. Well, I would say he. I would actually give him a bit more credit because none of this came out till after the season was over. So he he got he got what he needed to get out of the team. The team just wasn't good enough to beat the Warriors, but. The fact that the LeBron Kyrie dynamic never like ex- imploded or came apart while they were actually playing, maybe Lou has some credit to that. I don't know. Okay, I mean that's a fair point. Also, I'm just saying that I think that there's more to it. 
I think I that mean, there is, there is more I to think, it. There I is, think yeah. when you have that opportunity, when you have a coach who's able to take something from ashes and create something resembling fire, you got to look at them and say, you know what? All right. But if you give, if you go and you give me endless gold and oh. endless gold becomes a ring, I can't say, wow, you're the coach of the year. What? Okay. Well, First of all, first of all, slow down, slow down. <laughs> Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, while great, are not endless gold. Endless They're not winning. Endless, <laughs> and the, but let's also remember too, Billy Donovan came in after Scott Brooks left, and he he implemented things that fans were were like begging Scott Brooks to do that he didn't do. He started staggering KD and Russ's minutes so that there was always one of them on the court at the same time. He implemented that that like death defensive lineup that they almost beat the Warriors with, where he had Ibaka, Durant, Roberson, Westbrook, all these guys. He just had length, and he was he found he figured out how to neutralize the Warriors' offense for three games. The best offense in the league, the seventy-three team win. He he winning team. He neutralized that offense for three games. And if his super, superstars had showed up when it mattered most, they might have went to the finals. But now we're talking about and, something different. Well, no, because we're talking about we're talking about a coach who took a team. But I'm talking yeah, about I Billy Donovan he, winning Coach yeah, of the Year, and you're saying, well, he would just win it because he had great players. And I'm saying, let's look at all the things Billy Donovan has done so far as a coach. I'm I'm not singling out Billy Donovan. I'm just saying. Overall, when it comes to these coaches, I mean, granted, if you want to look at it, we can say, okay, your finalist without even thinking about it is going to be um, Steve Kerr, Pop, Billy Donovan. That's not um, my, that's not mine. Dan, Dan Tony. I mean, no, not what you're saying, but I'm saying in general because, wow, these guys have these players on their team. Well, those are the more- list. Those are the list, and and adds Brad Stevens in too as the fifth name. That that's the Add list. Brad Stevens, yes, that's, that's the list. And even like, well, you know, and Stevens, he, you might even want to give him a few extra points now because if he's able to still be the, if the Boston still able to be the first seed or the second seed without Gordon Hayward, you know, that's an, you know, people are gonna call that another feather in his cap, especially integrating. What they only have like four returning players, so to still be that good at integrating all those players, that's gonna be another feather in his cap. But I I put that same feather in Billy Donovan's cap if they do well because the the OKC didn't do recruitment. Westbrook wasn't out there recruiting Paul George and Carmelo Anthony to his team. Sam no. Presti used his GM wizard skills and made trades that I don't know how he's able to pull off those trades, but he did. And he got two superstars in some amazing trades. And now Billy Donovan has to integrate those two guys, as well as Patrick Patterson, in into this lineup now where he doesn't have a bunch of guys he had last year. You and he, Patrick Patterson? They signed him, yeah. So he I has know, but I don't know how you like mentioned him. with uh, Anyway. He's ahead. an addition, and he's going to have to play significant minutes on the team. So. Give me a minute, man. Just relax. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I said the I said the superstars and also Patrick Patterson because he has to play that. He has to play kind of like an Ibaka, something between what Ibaka and Enes Kanter were giving them at different points in, okay. in OKC's tenure. So he's got to integrate these guys, and if he integ- and if they all integrate well, and if he figures out a system where all those guys get to do what they do best. Then I think he should get credit for that because there are coaches that that stuff doesn't work. Like look at look at David Blatt. It didn't work. He had all that talent and it just you know the guys wanted him out. He's probably he's probably a good coach, but even though they won like sixty games and they went to the finals, he wasn't even up for the coach of the year, really. No, because yeah, because in that case, because it was turmoil the whole year. He went into a system that he wasn't expecting, and yeah. LeBron wasn't was the GM. Yeah, so yeah, I get you. you yeah, so you, and 
I mean, I get your point. I'm not. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not valid. I'm not. I'm just saying that. Well, my point is that we also have to give credit to the coaches who takes take nothing and bring them bring them somewhere. Yeah. Well, and I think get... a lot of a lot of times that's mm-hmm. not what's noticed. I mean, no. for instance, yeah, Eric Spolstra. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Eric, Eric Spolstra. I mean, the way he had Miami playing. I mean that was amazing, you know, because yeah. no one even gave them a chance, and he got them really close. So yeah, I hear you. Right. Well, he, let me tell you who would have been my other two names because I said Billy Donovan, but like if I gave a top three, here's what my top three would have been. Go. My top my top three would have been Billy Donovan, Mike Malone with the Denver Nuggets, and Jason Kidd, with the Milwaukee fair. Bucks. All fair. Because the Nuggets are probably gonna be a playoff team this year, you know, and Mike Malone constructed like the best or second best offense last year in the NBA. Nuggets just kind of like caught fire a little too late and they didn't make the playoffs, but their offense was amazing once Gary Harris came back from injury and Nikola Jokic went into the starting lineup. So if they're able to be able to replicate that this year in their playoff team, he's, he's a dark horse candidate. And Jason Kidd, like Jason Kidd turns like, people just develop under Jason Kidd. They just do. You know, if you want to blame, if you want to give him credit for that, you want to give the front office credit for that, for who they're finding, if you want to give credit to, like, you know, these, these shooting gurus or whoever they're signing, if you want to give it to anyone else but Jason Kidd the credit, fine. But all I'm going to say is, this, since he's been the coach there, that team has been getting better. And they, and he, and they're signing players that he's targeting. He, he has a concept of what his team should look like, the team that he's going to coach. And and his imprint is on this team. And, yes, you have Giannis, who's an MVP caliber player, but he's been growing and developing under Jason Kidd this whole time. I like I, I like that choice. I, I yeah. think Jason Kidd's a great, great choice. He's growing, but and he and um, Kidd also took the chance on him and saying, you know what, we're going to have him be our point guard. Where people were looking at him like, "What? What are you talking about?" But yeah, I want to try to create this you know, positionless basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna take Greg Monroe off the bench. That that that's risky. That's a chance, you yeah. know. And yeah, and yeah, you know. And I'm gonna start Thon Maker. What? You know, he's doing all these things, but he knows exactly what he's trying to do. So I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for it. So so I get what you're saying. Um, and it wasn't even so much that. Billy Donovan's gonna have great players, so he's gonna get coached. It's just like he—he he has a completely different team this year. He had a team last year that was a one-man band, and now he has these two other superstars, and he's gonna have to try and create a a, a big three system that works after having a one-man band, and that's not an easy—that's not an easy transition. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll I, see. I don't, I don't anticipate the transition being too difficult. No, it sh- I mean, it shouldn't be, but... It I'm... shouldn't be. You have two guys who... You have three guys on the team who play a lot of ISO, but maybe see how this transitions. Yeah, and we'll see how they play. I mean, you said a lot... There's guys that play... They all play ISO, but if, they, if they're playing in a way where they're not going ISO and they're feeding each other, then... You gotta give Donovan credit for that. Silence. Okay, I think you gotta give him cool. credit for that. <laughs> That's me. It was that me saying, "Oh, I have to give him credit." Okay, yes, I will give him credit for that. No, no, you don't have to. You don't have to. It's fine. It's fine. No, you want you you wanted me to say it, so I'm gonna say it. Listen, yes, we, we've only... I will give him credit for that. I mean, we're we're just both recording. <laughs> we're both we're just here, both recording a show. You know, we have to talk to each other, but no big deal. Other than that, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. I, I just thought, you know, you was making that definitive statement, and then we're just going to be like, all right, cool. Next. But you, all right. Yes. I give you your acknowledgement. I give you your pat on the back. Cool. You got it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. Okay. No problem. Um, Any other awards we want to get into? You want to give one tip for the humanitarian of the year or something? <laughs> no, no, not really. Um, I guess one we could do that is 
executive of the year if you want to go off of like what's happened this summer and try and pick an executive of the year executive of the year i'm i don't even think this is i think it has to go to sam presti yeah i mean that's kind of a no-brainer i mean unless some you know we'll see how we'll revisit this at the end of the season you know maybe a maybe a, a february trade will have gone down that that changes the whole landscape of the league and you might want to consider that but at this point in time i think it has to be sam presti but now if the sixers make the playoffs should we make a case for sam hinky <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one why why would it why would why would sam hinky get the accolades I figured we gotta mention his name at least one time. Well, one he, time in the course of the year. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they um, if if they do well this year, and at that um, Markel Fultz trade might be pivotal. I mean, I wouldn't say give Brian Colangelo executive of the year or anything for it, but that's a trade you you can't give to Hanky. That's a trade that Colangelo pulled the trigger on. Um, so far, is that trade looking too good? Well, he came off the bench yesterday, so maybe not. Yeah, what did you I think mean, about that? What did you think about that? Markel Fultz coming off the bench. Well, did you, you expect that? Have, uh, I, I wouldn't have expected it, but have you seen his shooting form? Have you seen... Well, we were talking about it last in week. In the preseason? We, we were talking yeah, about like, shooting form. Why did he change it? I don't know. It looked like... It's like he's raising the roof with a basketball in his hand. Yeah, it's and like it's like ball. he's throwing it up to himself and then like and then flicking it on the catch or something like that. Like you're the number one pick. You don't have you don't have confidence in your abilities. You have to change your shooting approach. Like what's what's wrong with you? And you who does yeah. that? You know, and that's why I said people I, were more were pro more pro Lonzo because they because of the character part of it the me- not the character part the makeup part the mental makeup like whether you like him or not you gotta admit like Lonzo has some like strong mental makeup he, he know he sh- he knows he shoots with a terrible form but he's not gonna change who he is you know he knows that people complain about the- how he plays this how he plays this way how his father talks too much but he doesn't let that stuff bother him Markel no. Fultz on the other hand he you know he goes three months from college into the NBA, he's already got a new shooting form. You know what? And I think there is truth behind what what Jason Tatum said when he said, like during the like near the draft, that like the Celtics fooled the Sixers because they were going to pick him all along. Mm-hmm. I, I believe there's truth behind that. I do believe there's truth to that. So then you say, well, Ainge kind of hoodwinked the Sixers because. He would have took he would have took Tatum first overall, but they they were able to get a couple of extra assets out of out of letting Philly draft Fultz first, and they settled for Tatum at three. Yeah, and when when we were you know just thinking about the Sixers in that three spot, I mean we had a Tatum, Josh Jackson. I mean we had all these other guys for their team. Mm-hmm. But, you know. That didn't quite happen. I mean, so Boston was always going to take Tatum. Lakers were always going to take Lonzo unless Boston was going to take Lonzo one. And so Fultz probably would have been there at three anyway. If that's yeah. a, I mean, if it's if it really if that really is the case. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, fast, it's, only, it's just fascinating. It's, it's, it's fascinating, it's right? Because fa- he was... People just said he was the no doubt, no brainer first overall pick, and they were saying that for months. They were saying that for months. I, I mean, I liked his game, but I did have my reservations, as we discussed a, a, a whole bunch of times. I, I just there was something a little off about the number one overall pick being the guy from like the one school in the Pac-12 that didn't, like, do anything towards getting to the tournament. Right. Because USC went, UCLA went, Oregon went, and Washington, they're not a stranger to the tournament. But 
they were just bottom of the conference almost. And right. they had the they had the quote unquote number one prospect for the draft. Right. And and you can look back at it and say, well, Ben Simmons similar. Yeah, but his team that was a bad and I I actually say that too like that was a bad choice for him to go to LSU. Yeah, I'm surprised he went there. He had his choice to go anywhere else. Um I don't know why he went there. I but mean, there's probably money involved to be honest. Yeah. Him probably. We can't say that, but yeah, it probably was. But now looking at it, you know, looking at Simmons, I mean, wow. If he if he can keep this up, so are you, are you a believer in him at, at quote unquote point guard? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because they said he was point. They said he was going to start at point guard, and then he was kind of more like the small forward last night when he started because you had Jared Bayless and JJ Redick in the backcourt already. Unless you were trying to say JJ Redick was the small forward. No, I wouldn't think you would say JJ. So, so, but you know, positionless basketball. So he was he was the point, even though he wasn't listed as the point. Exactly. Now you see it. You got yeah. the full picture now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just surprised they started Bayless over Fultz. Which I, do you do you think they were sending a message? Well, I think the problem is what I was saying all along, like. Fultz, Fultz had a he had a pretty good summer league. Everyone was going crazy over him, but what I kept saying is, I mean, that's fine that he's playing like this, but it's not helping him to play like this in summer league because he's not going to get the ball like that. He's going to have to defer to Simmons. He's going to have to defer to Embiid, and then you come into the preseason, and those three guys they didn't play a whole lot of minutes in preseason together. Right. And that's where I felt that, and I give I'm gonna give you credit. You probably be like what? Yeah. I'm gonna give, <laughs> I'm gonna give you credit. One of the things that you you said earlier on before the draft is that you felt the Sixers should take Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. And you said it because you felt they needed a shooter on their team, and there's truth behind that. They would have a shooter and a guy who they can play at point guard who wouldn't need the ball. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? I even would say that Lonzo would make more sense for them than Markel right. Fultz. Because even though Lonzo's like a true point guard, he's shown in UCLA and even now at the Lakers, like he can he can play off the ball and still be the point guard because he he sees he sees the pass he's gonna make before he even gets the ball back. Right now, I know they're trying to look at Fault right now as that six man. I'm not buying it. That's and that's a tough role to give a rookie. That's right. such a tough role to give a rookie. Yeah, I wouldn't give him a six man role, and and, and that's the thing. Many pe- a lot of people think that the six man role is easy, but it's not. Like you really it's important. have to be, you you have to be able to play with the first unit and second unit, right. and keep the momentum and come out and yeah, you have run to back. yeah, you have to be a player that can take over the offense when the starters sit, but then also. N- able to slot in as the third or fourth option once the starters come back in. Right. And I think that's kind of what they thought about Fultz is putting him back there in the game in the fourth quarter to play along with Ben Simmons. And while on paper that's good, you still want shooters out there. You still want the floor to be stretched out a little bit. And you do have a little bit of length on that team. So – it was kind of interesting, that whole dynamic, because I know you're going to have, I mean, I don't want to talk too much Sixers, but you're going to have Redick, you're going to have Simmons right. and Bede in there, and then you're going to probably put in Robert Covington in there. And then now you're like, okay, I have to put Fultz in there. But I think if you had another 
three and D guy or a guy like Malik Monk on your team, you can put them there and just say, like, just stretch the floor out. And the floor will be stretched out. You have Embiid in the middle, who can also stretch the floor. It is a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Not saying that Fultz can't, but right now he's still, you know, he's used to having the ball in his hand. He's used to creating, and that's not going to happen as long as Simmons is running the show. So Right, right. And that's why I was so confused that they that they were dying to trade up so they can get Fultz because before that they kept saying how Simmons is going to be the point guard of the team. Right, and if he's the point guard, and you decide, hey, you know what, I'm gonna put someone at the at the four. I mean, you still have Dario Saric who can go at the four or something like that. Or I know. I mean, there's still so many opportunities there. I'm worried uh, for him too. I'm worried for Saric now too because I I am too. I mean, it was just one game, but it just looks like there's it just looks like there's no room for him now with Simmons and Embiid and and Fultz. And all these guys on the team now. And it stinks because he's on my fantasy team. I'm going to give him one more game. And yeah, if, Super Dario, man. If we can't figure it out, then you know, I'm going to have to package him off to another team. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Right, right. But so, they've, and all this to say, they got a lot of talent. And you know what? I don't mind talking Sixers with you now because I know you wanted to do it last week and you weren't able to because you weren't on the show. So, you know, here here's your Sixers talk now. And, you know we can we can chop it up now and and it's even better in a way because um we're getting your thoughts off actual games now and not just you know speculating what the season might bring yeah it, it's one thing when you watch preseason and it give everyone minutes right it's another thing when you're able to watch it now and see a game and kind of have some takeaways as to how they're playing and i mean since we're doing the pod you know, I want to make sure that, you know, we, we follow these games a lot anyway. Yeah, know, we, we do. We do. We talk about it. We do talk about it almost every day. <laughs> yeah. Like, so so when we come and talk to you, talk on this pod, it's not like we just come in and just like, oh, wow, you know, let's get together for a couple of hours and just put this together. No, these are thoughts that we've had all week. And so we're just putting it all together for an hour or so to right. and talk about it. But but yeah, it would, yeah, it's it's concerning, you know. I, I'm it's only one game. That's what I keep saying. You know, the Celtics right now are 2 You know, it's only been two games. Right. That right. doesn't mean that's how it's gonna end out end up for the rest of the season. It's just zero two. Very true. Very true. Well, this was a good this was a good episode. It was absolutely great to have you back, Leif. Um, everyone, this is once again the Pace and Space podcast. I hope you enjoyed our predictions. If you agree with them, please let us know. Um, as advertised last week, there has been some branding changes for the Pace and Space podcast. So now you can find us on Twitter, not at the SL Reporter, but at Pace and Space Pod. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Pace and Space Podcast, all in one word. And we got a new logo. We got some new graphics going on. Hope you guys enjoy everything that we're trying to do for you guys. We're trying to give you the best pod we can. And weigh in. Let us know what you what you think about it. Um, shout out to Leif for his work on the logo. It's pretty sweet. And hit us up. You know where to find us now. We're we're still on SoundCloud. We're still on iTunes. We're on Overcast. You name the podcast app, we're on it. And Leif, any any other thoughts? Man, it's always good talking to you. And as Calvin said, check us out on Twitter and we love the support. Yeah, thanks again, and as always, everybody, stay woke and stay mellow. Peace.